What's my name again? Jim. Yeah, I'm Jim. <laughs> Hi, Jim. My name is Alex. So <laughs> oh, Alex. we are Pillow Scream Radio. We are two active duty veterans, and we have grown frustrated to all fuck. I'm going to go ahead and start this this video, and this is the part where we'll splice it in right here. I love every single one of you, but this is what they do to us. They kick me off the plane, they call me a fucking terrorist, and they want to fucking ruin my life. Fucking loser. Dude, these fucking guys, you, you've seen a million videos of them where they <laughs> show up to the airport, and they get told you're on the no-fly list. Hey, motherfucker, your consequences of your actions are going to bite you in the ass right this second. These motherfuckers heal my soul watching these videos of these guys just breaking down in public spaces. Oh, this is how they treat us. They're calling us terrorists. I, so contrast these guys to literally any single one of the Black Lives Matter or Antifa protesters. Whenever they get fucked over by the cops, you see those dudes standing tall because they know when they broke the law that they were doing it for a righteous cause. When these fuckers get caught up in the airport and they get told they're not on the no-fly list, which causes them some measure of inconvenience because now they have to drive a few hours back to where they came from as opposed to just flying. They're getting caught up because, one, their cause is not just. It's the dumbest fucking cause on this planet. They just thought that they were going to go over to the D- over to D.C., fuck around a little bit, throw over some chairs, smear shit all over the walls of the Capitol, and uh, fly back to their jobs the next day without having to even think about it. They're men because they thought they were going to get away with it, and they couldn't. The people who were rioting like a few months ago for Black Lives Matter and everything – they, they don't act this way. You don't see them breaking down in an airport because whenever they broke the law, they knew they were doing the right thing. They knew that their cause was just and fucking props to them. Anyone else, any one of these public freakout dudes who are getting caught up in the airports, fuck them. I laugh at your misery. Well, yeah, it just proves that they're, you know, convenient Americans, which means they're middle class chuds, like everyone always thought. Um, you know, despite the misdirection about... Uh, you know, the J.D. Vance thing about hillbilly elegy and how, you know, it's these disaffected working class whites or something. And you're like, yeah, sure, there are some of those, the ones that were, uh, you know, that voted for Bernie Sanders in the 2016 primary. And then when the DNC fucking torpedoed him, then they're like, well, fuck this shit. And they voted for Trump. You know, there are there are a portion of people that do that. But on the whole, these are people who have something to lose which is why they are able to buy a plane ticket and fly out to fucking D.C. Take time off of work to go fly out to go do this shit. 
for basically what would have otherwise been a, a fucking tailgate or a hunting trip or whatever the fuck these people do, they did that instead because it's recreational and they can afford to have recreation. These are not, you know, the the mythical disaffected white working class or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, the that, disaffected that myth white has working been perpetuated. class is, you know, trying to pay their rent. They're back yeah, at their house. They don't trying vote. To pay their they rent. don't participate. Yeah, they're they're busy being fucking poor. That's what's happening. Yeah. Dude, so to segue this into other people who are also facing consequences, relevant very much to our audience, at least 25 people are under investigation on terrorism charges related to Wednesday's siege at the Capitol, according to a defense official and a member of Congress. At least, or excuse me, let me see, corrected a statement that 25 troops are under investigation. There are 25 people under investigation, some of whom may be troops. So the DOD right now is going around identifying people who posted this shit all over social media, all over TikTok, all over Facebook Live. We're saying, uh, yeah, dog, you probably uh, broke UCMJ. Sorry about it. Let's uh, fuck you up. Let's see. The Army is investigating Officer Emily Rainey, who led group to D.C. rally ahead of the Capitol riots. She is a captain out of Fort Bragg, PSYOPs captain out of Fort Bragg, which uh, right off the bat, that's terrible optics, let me tell you. <laughs> PSYOPs captain out of Fort yeah. Bragg, going to the protests, led a group of over 100 Trump protesters um, to Washington, D.C. to storm the Capitol. Now, she says she was a private citizen, she was doing everything within her rights, um, and if you read into it, you realize once she realized she was caught, she covered all of her tracks in terms of saying, like, I was exercising my First Amendment rights. I wasn't in uniform. I wasn't, like, advocating on behalf of the military, everything. Man. You know, but you for also might have fucking... been inside a federal building. <laughs> yeah. You know <laughs> for fucking sure that the conversations that she was having with the hundred people that she personally led to D.C. was like, the military will not stand for this. Like, we have to back our boy Donald Trump as if he gives a fuck about any single one of you. Yeah, it, people should Google her face. Like, just see what her face looks like. To me, she looks like uh, the like Will Ferrell's brother, brother's wife in Step Brothers, the one that's like obsessed with. <laughs> her name is Christina. Uh, you coming to my house? Yeah. You call her by her name. <laughs> yeah, on the uh, the one she's like, I just want to like roll you up and put you in my vagina, and then I just know you're. She's just like fucking freaking out about uh, what's his name. Um, John C. Riley, that's like her, like sort of crazy repressed. That's that's the vibe I get from her for real. Like, just look at her and you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So another headline: National Veterans Groups plan to purge members found guilty in Capitol attack. This includes the disab- disabled American veterans and the AMVETS, which has over 250,000 members. All decided that anyone who was caught at the Capitol on Wednesday is going to be expelled from their organizations. Um, they didn't say they had any matches yet, but we'll see. Um, I just want to say, and we'll get this, it's the topic of this actual podcast episode. If you're one of these veterans out here at the Capitol and you think that Donald Trump gives a flying fuck about you or anything that you stand for, uh, you're fucking wrong, dog. And you need to have a real hard think about your life and the choices that brought you to this point. On the flip side of that, if you're a veteran and you're protesting on behalf of Black Lives Matter, um, you're cool as shit. And I want to buy you a beer. Come hang out on our pod sometime. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and we'll provide you evidence for the uh, claim that we give a shit about you. How's we that? do give a shit about you. You're not the alone. Kind that Papa Trump won't give you. So, in the same vein, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at Stars and Stripes, and on the right side is a picture of that lady's face I was just talking about, and it's just making me laugh. Uh, so, it, uh, it, news just broke today that uh, QAnon Shaman, the guy with that like bison hat thing he wears without a shirt on that was like at Pelosi's seat, QAnon Shaman involved in Capitol riots, uh, riots once served as a Navy supply clerk. So that's interesting to me as well. should be interesting to you. And then the article goes on to talk about all the military people that were at that, <laughs> that riot, uh, that mob. And it's just, again, the same thing we talked about uh, on the last episode. It's just, it shouldn't be surprising to people. Like, this is what uh, happens when you just go back to a, a dog shit society that is so atomized and isolated that you don't give a fuck and you'll rally around any cause just because it makes you feel better. Yeah. Um, you did this. <laughs> Democrats and Republicans, you did this. This is, uh, you're reaping what you sowed. Anyone who thinks that the Democrats are the saviors in this, like they're going to come in, they're going to impeach Trump, or they're going to like beg Pence to invoke the 25th or some shit like that. Oh yeah. No, they think you're fucking idiots. They think you're, they think you're dumb working class peasants. Like they, they think of you the way that like the Pharaohs think of the slaves that built the fucking pyramids. They're like, well, they're doing it because they love us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. No bullshit. I don't care how many. There's only one man that gives a shit about us, and that's Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> All hell, Bernie. All hell, the burn. Yeah. Um, so another. There's an op-ed I caught. I was looking through the Washington Post again, looking for actual news, and I found just something I couldn't let go. Um, also about the Capitol riots, because everyone's losing their goddamn mind over this because they think it's the only newsworthy thing ever. Like you know, no one, no one has done a. You know, did you know that here's all the coups that. Uh, successful coups that the United States has sponsored uh, and facilitated in other countries. And the one time someone walks inside and gets a free tour, uh, then it's it's like 9-11 for us. Dude, I wonder how many like financial regulations are just being torn down as we speak. How many like fucked up uh, court cases are being resolved right now that we're just not hearing about because this coup yeah. is taking up all of our attention? Yep. Yep, it's it's perfect. It's super convenient for a lot of reasons, and none of them are good for us, the regular fucking people in the country. Um, um, Sheldon Adelson died at age 87. Um, Fuck him. This is interesting. Yeah, it's not going to change anything. His family's going to donate to the same fucking people. It's going to be all conservative nonsense and Israeli politics. He looks um, like actually Jabba the Hutt. That's the only the reason it's interesting. He is fucking disgusting. He is the ugliest person I've seen in... On, in a news article in the last probably two years. Um, what would we say earlier that wealth actually fucks your brain? It just like actually twists your nerve endings yes. into the wrong yeah, direction. It's bad for your brain. It's bad, it's for, bad your brain. for your brain. And That's, having a bad brain is bad for your looks, man. You look like shit whenever you die. So for it is much, good for your political chances, though, in the Republican yeah, Party. For as much wealth as you have and for as much as you think you've donated to charitable causes and funded the Trump campaign. Uh, I hope that your legacy remains that two random dudes on a no-name podcast make fun of you for being an ugly fuck. You deserve it. Yeah, I don't care if you're dead. You're still ugly. You probably look better that you're dead now. Um, The opinion by the New York Times editorial board was impeach Trump again. (laughs) It is a dark day for the nation when the president's behavior forces Congress to hold him accountable. 
and they do the classic photo of him looking down because he's you know walking downstairs or something like that. Um, Dude, it's a dark day for everyone in this nation. Three or excuse me, it's a dark day for everyone outside of this nation. Three hundred sixty-five days a year because yeah. we have like one day of shade on us because our our dumbass baby president is doing dumbass baby president shit. Come on now. Yeah, the final the little blurb at the end of this was hilarious to me by the editorial board. So that, you know they're being super like. Like we don't usually stake positions out on this, but we feel it necessary. Like when the Atlantic endorsed Hillary Clinton for the first time since like Lincoln or whatever the fuck. It's like, yeah, okay, get off, get out of your own ass. Um, the final quote on this was, "Yet it can't be lost that the violence on Wednesday was the nadir of a coordinated, relentless campaign to cast doubt on the strength of American democracy." <laughs> yeah, and it's like, uh, American there democracy is, no strength is the American most democracy. fragile fucking thing. If it, if it can be rolled over by a couple hundred people over at the Capitol, just waving Trump flags and getting trampled yeah. to death. The point is, it's not there. You don't live in a democracy, folks. You live in an oligarchy, and yeah. you've never been a, a participant in it. It's outside. It's sports. It's not something you can affect. You can just shout at the TV. They give you um, your vote every four years. That's just like these little crumbs that they hand over the side of the fucking the Coliseum and uh, hope that you're happy with it and don't riot. Yeah. Um, the last line of this was, uh, as long as he is not held fully to account, any future chief executive might feel equally unbound by a lawless precedent. Mm-hmm. They said the same <laughs> thing about Nixon. They said the same thing about Clinton. Yeah. It's like, and the reverse is true. If he is held accountable, like none of these rich fucks would do the job because they want this job so they can do crimes and get whatever the fuck they want. It's pretty simple. Like, you know, they probably, they're not going to let him get impeached. It's going to be this big show. I mean, they'll probably impeach him just to say they did, but it's not going to result in a conviction of any kind. Or um, matter then, at all to anybody who's yeah. just going about their day. Like yeah. Trump's, Trump's like, impeachment's not going to change literally a single systemic thing. So what the fuck? Why do we care? Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. I'm going to skip the last article because I don't really care about Lloyd Austin. He's like kind of a vanilla dude. Yeah. <laughs> just boring. All right, dude. So had a conversation with first sergeant or more or less he had a conversation with me because he brought it up completely unprompted i was just in his office doing random paperwork and uh he was like hey what do you what do you think about these capital protests and i was like i don't i don't know first Sergeant. like i'm i don't really want to talk about this here because you know i'm a big fat massive pussy and i don't want to talk about politics in the office just like 99 percent of the rest of the military and uh he was he was like he was like, oh, man, I wish I could have been there. I like, I should have been there with him. I was actually thinking about like buying a plane ticket and flying out. I was like, okay, motherfucker. <laughs> you brought it up. Here we go. Like, how? So I told him, like, how are these people at the Capitol any different from the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa people that were protesting just a couple of months ago? Because you had a big issue with those guys. And his response to me was, the people at the Capitol are patriots. Black Lives Matter hate this country. <laughs> And that's that's when I broke contact. Like this isn't worth talking about it because that was it. That was like the extent of his rationale for why he did or didn't support these protests. And I don't want to talk too much specifically about the events at the Capitol because we already covered it in the intro and we covered it last episode. Last episode, but I do want to talk a little bit about the trend of conservatism in the military and a topic that I do think we need to address uh, because we talked about it a lot last time. And that is the big bad F word, fascism. 
so after we after we recorded episode one, I thought about it a bit. Um, the word fascism is a lot like the word mansplain or the word solidarity. If you're not already thinking leftist thought, if you're not already steeped in left brain, then that's like an immediate turnoff to you, right? Because some some like neoliberal feminist tells you that you're mansplaining. You're like, okay, you just told me to fuck off. That my my contribution to this discussion is worth nothing. Or if you say the word solidarity, like a lot of people know what that means on a surface level, but you're not actually using it in everyday conversation to talk about like working class solidarity or class solidarity, anything along those lines. And fascism is the same way because a lot of people and a lot of like the stereotypical pink haired college leftists call everything fascist. They call Trump fascist. They call the Republicans fascist. They call the military fascist. So I want to talk about what fascism is, what it isn't, and why specifically this matters to the veterans or service members who are listening to this podcast right now. So to get into it, a lot of people talk about fascism as if it's this thing that can be defined, like it's like a scientific principle or a scientific like characteristic of our universe, like gravity or something you can actually define gravity you can give like assign it a mathematical equation um fascism is not like that it's a sociological concept that we essentially invented after the rise of mussolini hitler and uh, imperialist japan back in world war ii so a lot of people reference umberto eco's and i probably fucked up that name umberto eco's 14 characteristics of fascism it's like the common one that everyone throws around and i want to read off a couple of them i'm not going to read off all of them but i think the people that are listening to this are immediately going to key in on why a lot of these are relevant so number one is the culture tradition and think immediately to maga make america great again it's just a reference to whatever was happening x number of years ago that's what we need to return to and that's a lot of what Hitler and Mussolini relied on. They wanted to go back for Hitler's sake. They wanted to go back to pre-World War I uh, Weimar Germany where everything, everyone was very successful. And same thing for uh, Italy and the same thing for Trump, honestly. Uh, the rejection of modernism. You see this specifically when you have fucking big brains like uh, ben Shapiro talking about postmodernism as if that's a thing that actually exists, like postmodern Marxism. Um, we can talk yeah, about it's like an economic trend. It's not really like <laughs> yeah. it's not appropriate to talk about it. Like it's a, like there's a chief postmodernist in his office is putting out postmodern <laughs> books or something like that. That's not a thing. Yeah. It's not like a postmodern candidate for office or something like stupid. Number five is the fear of difference, and you see this a lot with build the wall and uh, anyone who's against illegal immigration. Um, number six, I think, is very important, is the appeal to social frustration. And I think this is why fascism carries a lot of power. Uh, and it's the same legs that leftism stands on, and we just reach far different conclusions about what the actual solutions to these social problems are. Number seven, the obsession with the plot. You can rope this into QAnon. Number eight, the enemy is both strong and weak. You can think about the the weak, liberal, femme, Antifa who can't do anything right versus the all-empowering Antifa funded by Soros who's going to take over this country. Yeah, that 
dualism has to exist in order for fascism to have any kind of like enemy to target. And that's another one of the, the points as well, is that there has to be some kind of enemy. Like the, the fascist leader or the fascist party has to be the bulwark against these changes to our society or whatever this outside intruder coming in is going to do to our society. You saw this a lot in the 50s with McCarthyism and the intruding communists or socialists or gays or whatever. You saw this a lot in the 60s with the response to the hippies and free love and all that kind of stuff. And you see that a lot today with the border wall. And you see that a lot today with uh, people referencing China or people referencing Russia and all that fun stuff. So if this sounds like a lot to you, it's because it is. And that's because the word fascism is a descriptor. It's an intellectual attempt to characterize a social or political phenomenon. And there's not anything that you can do to kind of say one thing is fascist versus one thing isn't fascist. You kind of just exist on this spectrum. Like uh, I read this, what is it? I'm trying to find it right now. How fascist is Donald Trump? There's actually a formula for that. And this is some fucking thing in the Washington Post. Grading the billionaire on 11 tributes of fascism. And what they go through is they identify all of these things I'm talking about. They have different uh, like definitions on top of it, hypernationalism, militarism and stuff. And they rate him on the scale of Mussolini. So if he's like super hypernationalist, he'll get three or four Benitos versus if this doesn't apply to him at all, like the fetishization of youth, then you get zero Benitos. Long story short, fuck this. That shit does not work at all. So... To rope it all back around, there isn't really anything that says, like, this trend that we've identified or this person is or isn't a fascist. So, why are we actually talking about this? I don't want to say that the military is fascist. I just want to say that the military sometimes does fascist things. And if you are in the military and you are order to do these things or you exist as part of a structure that is doing these things you need to be hyper aware of the things that do actually lead to fascism so for example a lot of these a lot of these leftists will say like mattis is a fascist now i don't necessarily think that mattis is a fascist mattis is a fascist because that would entail that if he were to give like be given the opportunity to seize the reins of power that he would do it i don't think he would can I say that Trump is a fascist? Yeah, I think I can wholeheartedly say that Trump is a fascist because it's been demonstrated on multiple times that if he were to be given that opportunity to seize the reins of power, he would do so. And we saw this with the Capitol riots. Um, the only reason those didn't actually come together is because him and his crew are a bunch of fucking morons and can't actually like tie a fascist coup together. So to say that Trump is a fascist, yeah, I think that works. But to say... Like his supporters are fascist. I think that also works. But to say that like the, the military as a whole is fascism, is doing that stuff. I don't know. Like I break a little bit from you because you have to be consciously like trying to seize that power at the expense of the rest of us. And so while the military does do imperialist things and we do have a lot of attributes of fascism and we, we do exist on a slippery slope that we have to check every day to make sure that we're not actually going to engage in any kind of coup. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I mean, I like a lot of that. I think that's pretty good. Like, I like the, uh, you know, Umberto's <laughs> uh, 
explanation of thing. I think that's that's pretty solid. And if you look at it, you actually see uh, you know, a lot of the the markers of people like the Proud Boys who are pretty much explicitly fascist. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, the only thing is that with the the conversation, people call people in the military if they see like in uniform or something because you have to be because you're traveling and by regulation or whatever the fuck and um and someone calls you a fascist or whatever um like i mean i'm not sure how many people can actually claim that as an experience that seems very uh like the myth of the 1960s that we like spit on soldiers or something like that like um i mean the point is like it it's the way I would say it is that not even it, the military doesn't do fascist things. It does imperialist things while you're in the military. That's what I yeah. think their main purpose is. Um, you could say the police ha- do fascist things when they authorize, you know, sort of repressive behaviors that um, really crush opposition uh, disproportionately, e.g. the Black Lives Matter uh, police response as opposed to this capital rights police response. I think the important thing about the military that I would say to anyone is that it makes you it primes you to become a fascist and and ripe for radicalization when you go back to this dog shit society that they got waiting for you because <laughs> um, you have this um, belief in tradition purportedly because you joined the military in the first place um, you probably have a disdain for civilians in some regard because you view them as not appreciating what you did or something like that um, action you appreciate action uh, you'll probably be socially frustrated pretty soon um, when the longer you spend as a civilian. Yeah, exactly. And then machismo and weaponry, like, come on, like, obviously. Um, we could go on at length about the, you know, hyper-masculinity that, that makes the military run. It's kind of a trick that, it's it's a method they use to recruit you and then to keep you in and then to get you to do things that go against your basic human instincts. Um, I think, yeah, that's the best way to sum it up is... is well, you're in the military, you're probably an imperialist. You're being like a stormtrooper around the world. But but when it comes time to leave, that's when you're at risk for becoming fascist. Um, yeah, does that make so sense? I think I think whenever you, whenever you do leave, you're at risk of three different things. One, you just accept your fate. You're a cog in the capitalist machine. You're not going to make any progress anywhere. You're not going to make uh, any economic or social gains. You're just going to exist in the society and kind of turn your brain off and hope that everything that you did for the past 20 years was worth something. The alternate is your third eye has been awakened to the ills that plague us and the systemic pressures that put people in these positions. Or option number three is you just turn into a raging fucking fascist because the military has primed you for that mindset because we have engendered within you the masculinity, the drive to action, the appeal to authority, the rejection of other that is all necessary in order to make sure that you you continue to fight these forever wars. And so I want to reference this back to what I said earlier about Michael Parenti because he is or the the words that he's saying, the ideas that he is putting forth is the key to making sure you're not going down that third path. And what I want to highlight is Michael Prenti relates fascism to capitalism in a subservient manner. So fascism itself is not the end. It is not the the true goal for literally anybody, not Trump, not Hitler, not anybody. It is a means to an end. And that end is the consolidation of power for the favor of the the people who benefit from these material conditions. 
the, the our capitalist overlords, the oligarchs. And you saw this in Germany. Smedley Butler. <laughs> yeah, you saw this in Nazi Germany. Like Hitler rose to power not because like fascist ideas are overwhelmingly popular. It's because he was financed by the oligarchs who stood to gain from his rising to power. Now I want to read I want to read a, an excerpt from Michael Parenti's Black Shirts and Reds, which is phenomenal. During the 1920s, the Nazi, or SA, the brown-shirted stormtroopers, subsidized by business, were used mostly as an anti-labor paramilitary force whose function was to terrorize workers and farm laborers. By 1930, most of the tycoons had concluded that the Weimar Republic no longer served their needs and was too accommodating to the working class. They greatly increased their subsidies to Hitler, propelling the Nazi party onto the national stage. Business tycoons supplied the Nazis with generous funds for fleets of motor cars and loudspeakers to saturate the cities and villages of Germany, along with funds for Nazi party organizations, youth groups, and paramilitary forces. In July 1932, in the July 1932 campaign, Hitler had sufficient funds to fly to 52 cities in the last two weeks of the campaign alone. And this highlights right here the fact that fascism is a completely artificial construct. The people who were in power in 1930s Germany whenever Hitler rose were still in power whenever he assumed the mantle of chancellor, right? And this that's exactly how fascism would turn out in America. Like if these people who are riding at the, the Capitol think that by installing Donald Trump as a dictator that their specific circumstances would change at all, they're fucking psycho. That's like that's not going to happen. Because the same thing has happened previously in different societies, so this kind of this kind of like ties back to why, like why we see these fascist attributes rise in the military, and why the military itself has a very like conservative lean toward, towards it, which is what I want to talk about. Um, there's this article, does the military vote really lean republic? Various yardsticks across the U.S. military, or at least in the officer corps, leans republican. But they're not the monolithic block many believe. And this is a Time Magazine article that goes in to describe like the voting tendencies of a lot of people in the military. And I'm not saying that if, you're, if you lean conservative that you are a fascist, um, but a lot of the traits do carry over to a certain extent and I want to talk about it. We already talked a little bit about like the drive to masculinity, the drive to action, the rejection of the other. Um, but I think it is something that we do need to be aware of is you or I or the people that are listening to this, whether you listen to us, you, li you listen to like any of these like leftists, like left brain kind of podcast dudes, um, we are more or less unique among our peers, or at least among the people that we work with, and that a lot of people don't think like us. A lot of people think like the first sergeant that I talked about earlier, who just falls hook, line, and sinker for the conservative propaganda. Like the conservatives are the ones that say, we are the ones who support the troops, we are the ones who fund the VA. And I think anyone who's actually paying attention knows that to be an absolute lie. Yeah, no, that's absolutely correct. Um, I think what you said, my favorite thing you said uh, was about talking about the way fascism serves better than any other system. Uh, 
capitalist ends, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's yeah, that's history. History proves that to be correct, and it's, it makes total sense that they rose to power originally by breaking uh, strikes and and suppressing labor, because um, that's exactly what they would do. Um, interested uh, listeners should Google Smedley Butler and the uh, fascist coup that was almost attempted in the United States. Uh, and the whistle was blown on it by a highly decorated Marine Corps general. Wait, hold uh, on. Tell me James, about Smedley James. Butler. I don't actually know. Holy shit, dude. There's a whole episode we need to do on this guy because he's everything that I respect. Okay. This guy was... He, give, he give me his, the lowdown. Give me like 30-second brief on this dude. Okay, a bunch of the capitalists in the United States at the time that Hitler was coming to power really loved fascism. They thought it was just the bee's knees because they saw exactly what Germans, German capitalists saw. It was that. Oh yeah, I mean Hitler was like the yeah. Time Magazine dude of the year for a little bit because everyone was exactly. over yeah. the fucking moon. For Rich people guy. thought he was fucking great because he was like restoring Germany and he was doing all this like radical reform and they're like Hitler the reformer. Yeah. Like, but it's okay. Yeah, you know, now we know better. We can smell bullshit when it's coming our way. Um, allegedly, I mean, <laughs> but, the, uh, yeah, the, the point is it was like, it was, uh, um, what's his name? Henry Ford, <laughs> you know, that guy. Um, I think, uh, JP Morgan, um, those people like Rockefeller even, I think, I don't know, yeah. Google it. Um, I'm just thinking of like Robert Barron's <laughs> fucking assholes. That's all it is. Yeah. It's the fucking like Gilded Age weirdos that, uh, did that shit. Uh, anyway, so they all got together and they tried to uh, find. I think it might have been MacArthur they were thinking of trying to install as a as a uh, fucking like fascist dictator. Dude, MacArthur's such a piece of shit. Should... Dude, no, he fucking. <laughs> we're gonna do an episode he broke, on. He broke a veteran strike. He broke a fucking veteran strike. Yeah. At the the Herbert Hoover administration. Yeah, it was the the shit. World War One. The World War One. All the veterans were like camped out in front because they hadn't gotten paid yeah. for any of their service during World War One. Yeah. Um, and then he literally drove tanks through their little like shanty town that they had set up outside of the capital. Motherfucker! Yeah, if you're a MacArthur we're, we're, fan, if you're a history buff, fuck you. You don't, you shouldn't like MacArthur. MacArthur's a piece of shit. Nothing worth admiring about the guy. He's not even good being a general. Yeah. Anyway, so they tried to to install some fascist dictator, and the guy that blew the whistle on it was Smedley Butler, general retired, U.S. Oh, yeah. Marine Corps general. He gave a famous speech saying. Uh, War is a Racket. He wrote a book called War is a Racket, and it's fantastic. Like, I want to read a fucking excerpt from it, honestly, if I can pull it up. He calls himself, he says he realized at the end of his long and illustrious career, and he was beloved as a general, uh, they called him Old Gimlet Eye. They gave him a speech where he realized that, he said he realized that he was a uh, gangster for capitalism. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that quote before. Fucking awesome. Dude, and he looks like a, he looks like a stud. He looks like he's from the art of manliness thing with his suspenders on and crotch deal, and he's giving this firebrand speech. It's awesome. Hell yeah! Yeah. What um, were we talking, wait, hold on. What were we talking about before he came up? Point is, point is that the richest and most well-known capitalists of American history tried to install a fascist dictatorship because they saw the benefits it offered to their business and their bottom line, yep. just like the Germans did. Right? That's the way it works. Like. This is this goes back to what we said before. This is not. It's not like this is the F word, and you're like, oh, fascism. That's the you know that's the Sith, and like socialists are the Jedi or some bullshit. That's not how it works. We yeah. told you before, and we're going to tell you again. Probably say this line every fucking episode, but uh, history is pretty fucking simple if you view it through a, a lens of historical materialism. That is, history politics is defined by who has the shit and who does not. That's the simplest version we can break it down to, right? And the people who have the shit will try to recreate a system that allows them to keep that shit that they have. 
and this they'll is do exactly anything. what they're trying to do. Yeah, they'll yes. do anything in their power. And one thing to warn veterans and service members specifically about is that a lot of times, whether it's in the United States or outside of the United States in Nazi Germany or Italy or something like that, a lot of times the people who make up the bulk of like the recruiting force for the military end up being the people who are used as the tool, as the cudgel to enact these kinds of regimes, right? Like, and you see this a lot in like Latin America socialist coup overthrows. Um, you saw this specifically in Bolivia that just happened earlier last year. It was the military, the, the generals specifically that were standing behind these people in support. And I think a lot of people need to be aware of the fact that people want to use you. They want to use you to enact their imperialist or their fascist or their just like bullshit political. Uh, they want to use you as a tool to achieve their aims. And we can we talk all day about like these, these massive society wrecking kind of movements like the uh, like the business plot. But you can just rope that back into the bullshit that the Democrat and the Republican Party do all the time. Like how many times do, do veterans just feel like they're getting fucking pulled in between like this congressman who promises to up the benefits of the VA in this way versus this congressman who wants to do the benefits but in a different way. Like veterans are just a fucking cudgel is all it is. Yeah, it's you're the thing that everyone claims to love, right? And then they try to... You know, it's sort of like the way religion was back in the day where they were like, well, I, you know, I spoke to God and he said this, you know, it's like now it's, it's, uh, you know, well, you know, I am a good American. I defend our troops. You know, I, I take care of our troops. Like we take care of, our, you know, our, our, our men and women that are serving abroad overseas. It's like, it's dog shit. It's just something that they say because they think that you're dumb enough to buy it as a regular yeah. American citizen. Right. But people like, are seeing think- past it because they, they can tell that you're not genuine. Even the fucking stupid people that you claim, uh, live in the center of the country, liberals like the people you think are so much fucking smarter than they can see through you they see through pelosi they they can see through schumer they can see through all you bullshit like it's no has trump ever talked to a veteran or given a fuck about them generally he's talked to veterans (laughs) that's for sure but has he ever actually given a fuck about them no you're fucking no he was caught on tape talking about how uh the guys buried at verdun were losers why would he go see them (laughs) it's like (laughs) and that was supposed to be a big scandal but then you know immediately QAnon has it you know, because they have this infinite elastic theory that can handle that, and they say, "Well, no, that was a deep fake uh, <laughs> quote." You know, that was a that was a false source trying to discredit our our beautiful orange leader, our dear leader. Um, it's just, yeah. Um, I think fascism is, is a is a great example of a word that has been. Um, it's like you said, like a like a misguided college student that really buys into the wokeness more than actual materialist theory. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll use it to, to just call someone a name. It's like, fascist, and then that's it. Or they say, you did that, I don't like it, I'm going to call it fascist. It's like, is that really what it is? Because someone, can be, someone can be a xenophobe, right, and want to build a wall without being a fascist necessarily, right? They can be uh, racist without being a fascist, right? You know, because all these people, the, all of these behaviors exist inside the, the standard window, the Overton window of American politics, right? Yeah. We see people who are disdainful or disrespectful or, or whatever of you know they can be all of these things that you said it's just when they're all together and when they seek to bring about an, a, a new political order those are fascists and the people who are historically the most fascist are the fucking ruling class so remember yeah. that those are the guys that really love it and that's why they're so fucking scared of a redistributive system because it would give you money and because money means power in this society it would take power away from them and make, give it to you 
which they can't have. They can't allow that. They need to keep yep. you as atomized individual little workers that just continue to, to you know, stack boxes in the Amazon uh, fulfillment uh, center or whatever Dude, the fuck you do. George Soros will probably cut off my, uh, my weekly supply of checks for this but dude he's he's closer to fascism than anyone who was at that capital riot <laughs> despite the fact that they were actually trying to instill a fascist into the government he has more power and authority than all of those people combined and he's closer to the levers of power to actually execute that if he chose to do so than any single yeah that fucking the organic man, fucking yeah. bear headdress dude whatever the fuck his name was he tanked an entire country's currency because it was advantageous for his bottom line yeah uh, as a hedge fund manager it's insane you know but then they'll always do they'll do what they did with that fucking casino magnate uh what's his fucking name the job of the hut guy fucking weird. <laughs> we just talked about it can't even remember yeah i just i'm trying that's all yeah, he deserves but, you look like shit god, he's so fucking ugly immediately <laughs> god damn ugliest motherfucker it's i can't even look at him do um, it look at him witness him Sheldon Adelson. Adelson. I don't give a fuck what your name is. Um, he died at 87, which is good because usually these guys die at fucking 110. Um, so whatever cancer got him has my vote. Um, Should have died earlier, about 40 years earlier of completely natural causes. Ah, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay, so uh, shout out to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, everyone. Come um, on our podcast, please. Yeah. Yeah, we'd be happy to hear about uh, how uh, how we can learn from you to uh, how we can make you the new uh, guillotine. Let's say, um, yeah. Anyways, uh, what was I what was I saying about that guy? Um, uh, he's closer to the levers of power of actually installing a fascist regime than anybody else, really. Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, rich people are generally fascist. That's the that's their favorite thing. <laughs> that's the favorite thing. That's why he's gonna pay through the nose uh, to. Inst- well, oh, I remember what it was. They're always gonna tell you the story in the news. They always do this thing where they tell him like, "Oh, he started out uh, as a, you know, as like a cab driver. He was an immigrant from Hungary. I think it was a." Uh, it was freaking Soros' story, and they're like, "He started poor and then he became rich." It's like, okay, I got a few comments on that one. Being rich is bad for your brain. So if he ever was good in up time in his life, he's not good now. Okay, that's yeah. like I'll, we'll we'll probably should do a, a segment on that sometime where we talk about all the studies that show how it just ruins your moral character and your ability to see the world in a rational way when you become rich and yeah. just become psychotic. Yeah, um, like, it's like I know structurally Dan, Dan Ariely did some research on that. Yeah, it's like structurally impossible to get to that level of wealth without systematically fucking over a lot of people. And like the conscious or unconscious decisions that you have to make every step of the way in order to do that just fucking ruins it. Yeah, it's just if you're rich, it means you have cognitive dissonance and you've done something to resolve it, right? Or you didn't have any cognitive dissonance, but you were psychopath to begin with, right? Which is obviously possible. Um, So yeah, if you if you're a decent person, which it sounds like Soros was, you know, he's an immigrant and and he shows up and he's working and you know you like. I don't know, just normal American shit, normal American story, right? Chasing and then he got rich, American and then he was like, I'm, you know, I feel guilty about, uh, like, at some point he's so rich that he's like, you know, I feel like I've been blessed with a certain amount of privilege. Like, I'd like to give back to it. But the one thing I won't do is give my money away, right? I'll I'll disperse it 
uh, through like charitable foundations or, or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck he wants to do. Um, All these tax write-offs that over he controls yeah. because he has to have that like psychotic yeah. tendency to control the the money. So he can to get labeled the power as a philanthropic. Yeah. yeah. So he can get labeled as a philanthropic billionaire in the papers somewhere, and then, uh, you know, which is half the time just a chance to launder money for these weirdos. And um, none like of that Bill money is going to. Foundation. Yeah, none yeah. of that money is going to go to anyone who actually poses a threat to the underlying system that allowed him to become that powerful yeah. and that wealthy in the first place. Yeah. Absolutely. So not. they're not going to – absolutely not. They're not going to donate uh, – they're not going to like make themselves poor again. They're not going to do that. They're going to have a fire, find a way to rationalize holding on to their money, which is generally what yeah. happens. They try to rationalize, yeah. make themselves feel good while keeping the shit because history is about who has shit and who doesn't, right? Dude, he literally could have been the CEO of Antifa if he wanted to. He could have funded, yeah. like, he could have funded whatever he wanted to overturn whatever system he wanted in order to generate like a better life for everyone. And he chose every single day to not do that. I, I remember I read right. some some article, and who knows if it's true or not, but it would only take like a ten, a few tens of billions of dollars to permanently eliminate the uh, supply chain distribution problems that would solve world hunger. Then they put this number in anywhere between like 30 and $120 billion or something like that, which coincidentally, who has $120 billion? A lot of these motherfuckers do at this point. Like fucking uh, Bezos and Elon Musk now have literally enough money to end world hunger. They could cash out all of the stock or all of the equity that they have in amazon sell it to all their fucking billionaire buddies and literally set like solve world hunger today if they wanted to and every single day that goes by where they choose not to do that they make the conscious decision not to do that they just reveal their cards to you you know exactly where they stand they don't give a fuck about you they don't give a fuck really about this country or anybody to the extent that it doesn't like serve their material interests to do so yeah it's like that scene where uh in rick and morty where jerry asks beth like uh, do you love me? And she goes, she's like, Jerry, do you think homeless people should have homes? And he goes, yes. It's like, are you building any homes? It's like, no. He's like, so then what w- purpose was the yes? Yeah. And it's like, that's exactly, I think that's what goes in the best rich person's head. That's what's going on is yeah. like Warren Buffett, you know, donates all that money for scholarships and you're like, okay, cool. One that says like, he still believes in this bootstrap bullshit theory of like, you know, well, if they work hard, you know, they'll get, you know, the old American dream that I did, you know, the cheeseburger eating motherfucker, weirdo, dude, like just penny pinching, like scrounge, like little yeah. revolting billionaire brains, just a alien that no one can connect with. And, uh, you know, he's rich right again because he knows how to fuck with the stock market, right? Because these people are not going to give up being rich and they're not going to give up their power that the money lends them. And that's the thing you got to remember at the end of the day. It's about who has shit and who doesn't. Yeah. I remember getting actually like kind of worried to to the point where I was like considering dropping a conscientious objector packet mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. I, I was ready to drop it if at any point they told like Trump said like we were going to deploy on American soil or we were going to go yeah. intervene in whatever because that has come up a couple of times. That, I is, think we do, that is we the do closest they got to – that is the closest they got to uh, fascism or fascist behaviors in this presidency. Because, like, on the whole, like, um, as far as a sheer number of people that have uh, suffered, like, George Bush still trounces Donald Trump, even with COVID. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like, they, the, the it's hard to estimate did, how many, yeah, like, 
how many deaths are, are a direct or indirect result of uh, the war in Iraq, and then how many uh, displaced persons. Like, I don't think people really understand displaced. It's like, oh, they had to go somewhere else. You're like, okay, do you know what they that means? They know what they lost their yeah, house. That means they lost. They lost their, yeah. Yeah. Imagine like your not just your house burns down, but everyone's house burns down. Your bank burns down. You have no assets to your name, and you're a shuttle to a refugee camp where people are trafficked, uh, like human human traffic. They're they're beaten up. They're murdered. Uh, they're starved. They're poorly cared for. Any country they get into uh, will treat them as Rejected. second class citizens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or and they'll get kicked out different places. They'll split families up. Um, it's a horrifying way to live as a refugee. Like it's really a struggle, um, which is why refugees speak so deeply about their experiences as refugees when they make yeah. it uh, successfully. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, like no, Bush, that like, shit don't get that a, shit freaks Bush me out. Fuck like, the whenever, world up. Yeah, and then yeah, that, that war that he started, though, that like, war he started, is knocking at our door because it's coming back. Because now we have all these guys that had this cognitive dissonance of, um, like. Basically trying to be a good American, but also doing all this fucked up weird shit in Iraq that they couldn't justify, right? Now mm. they pull it on plate carriers and, and AR-15s and grow their weird beards, and they come back and they storm the Capitol. Like, that's your wars coming home. All these vet It's not a mistake that all these people are at your door knocking on it, because the neoliberalism failed them. It made them do fight a stupid fucking war, and it made them come home to a stupid fucking society. And that's enough mm. to ruin anyone's brain, you know? So, like... Good job, neoliberalism. That's what happens. Yeah, but but we all need to be aware of this stuff, and I I really do urge the people that are listening to this, and maybe like a lot of this is just falling straight off your brain because we've said fascism about 125 times already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like seriously, if you're if you're concerned about this stuff, start start looking into this a little bit. Like start looking into what the u.s imperial project actually is start looking into what your role is as like the boots on the ground guy who might be in one of these countries whether you already were in iraq or afghanistan or we might be uh, what fucking invading iran or some shit like that in the in the near future or if donald trump has got his way we already would have invaded iran just be aware of your role in all of this because whenever the time comes for u.s soldiers to deploy on u.s soil dude you need to be ready to drop that co packet immediately yeah that is one of the reasons esper got fired that's what i was going to say earlier before i got sidetracked with the bush thing um esper was the one that refused to deploy troops to uh dc they tried to deploy the 82nd and to be fair the 82nd was uh they were loading rounds in their magazines and shit and getting oh, they were they were about to dude those fucking yeah. battalion commanders and brigade commanders were just itching to go they, they were just wanted fucking something to do erect they had all four inches hard uh, in <laughs> they were so excited uh those fucking guys because like half these guys are like worried they missed their war or something like that probably not yeah. the, the bcs these days but you know the company commanders for sure they're all like they're like this is it you know this is my chance and they're like dude you fucking cuck like yeah. You know, you're buying the same shit that they sold all of us about hypermasculine. Now you want to go fire on American citizens because you want to like be a fascist to other fascists because that makes you feel better. I don't I don't get it. So if you deploy on American soil, that would be uh fascism because that would be suppression of the suppression yeah. of dissent with military force. Um yep. and, that would be critical. I don't think anyone Asper said no to that, and that's why he got fired. Yeah. I don't think anyone who's listening to this podcast definitely is concerned that they themselves are a fascist. 
probably not. Or you're doing this because you're like, you're like, uh, trying to see, trying to listen Scouting to us to here. figure out how to trigger us. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah. conducting recon. Um, yeah. If you're conducting no. recon, like what's up dog, come on the podcast. Let's talk. Yeah. I want to hear what your thoughts are. I want to hear your brain juices. Sloshing yeah. I want to hear that. your unified theory, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no one who's listening to this, like thinks they're at, in the danger of like going down that path, but they do need to be aware of the trigger points that would lead us there. Um, because there's, there's a lot of people even in Nazi Germany who didn't identify as Nazis, but turns out when you're fucking, when you're accepting everything that the Nazis are doing, when you're just following the orders, you end up being a fucking Nazi. That's what we all consider you to be. And if, and if you're in danger, yeah, if you're in danger of being in the 82nd, Whenever the call comes down to deploy on American soil, you don't immediately drop that CO packet, turn the fuck around and like tell your commanding officer, tell everyone around you, you're not fucking doing this. Then you are now a fascist because you are doing fascist things in support of a fascist coup for a fascist government. Like don't let yourself get roped into that. And honestly, we should probably have like resources in place Mm -hmm. Like this podcast specifically, like we can put up posts about what a conscientious subjector packet looks like and how yep. you can actually. There's law it. firms that deal specifically with that. There's people out there with a foundation for people that choose to do that to refuse to obey unlawful orders. You can cite the mm-hmm. Constitution, you know, which you know all these right wing dudes get so fucking hard dick about. Um, <clears throat> there's there's resources and there's an argument to be made for it, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I remember. Uh, I had a lieutenant I knew. She told me that she she had never shot a gun past her basic training and that she was seriously considering dropping a conscientious objector packet because she didn't like guns. And I just remember thinking to myself, why? That that of all <laughs> things. <laughs> like yeah, that of like- all things. Like there, there's no kind of – there's nothing pulling all of this together. You just You just don't like guns. And maybe – Maybe that was the veil that we put up between each other because no one in the military can tell each other that you're just a fucking socialist and you don't agree with any of this stuff. You have to put on this front to everybody as if you're, yeah. you're still bought in. So maybe, dude, maybe she's a comrade. Maybe she, yeah. maybe she's just like yeah. far less. She, maybe she's so much farther than me, but I got this feeling she wasn't. That being said, yeah. well, we should, yeah. we could talk about kind of like that veil for a long time. Like the, the reason. It's the same reason why workers can't discuss their wage with each other. The same reason why veterans can't discuss any kind of like serious leftist critique with each other because it's dangerous because it's dangerous to the ruling class. Yes. There's been a deliberate effort to make certain things acceptable discussion, make other things outside of those bounds. That is a real effect. Like there's people funding educational institutions to introduce new ideology that people will believe and become professors of to continue to pollute the fucking uh academic and intellectual pawn like it's just yeah. it's awful like th- think of how much conservative shit you just heard around the office whether that's the first sergeant that i mentioned <laughs> yeah. earlier or just like any number of stuff that you're allowed to talk about like <laughs> fucking yeah. sergeant major is allowed to bring up in a room full of grown-ass fucking adults a meeting with everybody, like the the leadership of the entire battalion, he's allowed to bring up the fact that he thinks the coronavirus is a Chinese hoax. He yeah. can do that, <laughs> and no one looks yeah. at him weird. No one is just like, "Yo, what the fuck? Get the fuck out of here!" 
But if I brought up that I think there's a cabal of capitalist overlords who are actually influencing our imperial like decisions to deploy yeah. here and there, they're like, don't think about that. Shut the fuck up. Don't think about that. Yeah, do it. Yeah. And then, then like you get a whole like recreation of the McCarthy era where you're like, are you un-American? So, yeah, yeah. Excuse I me. I mean, poor guy. Yeah, like, do you mean if I care by and large about every other American besides these like, you know, couple hundred rich fucks that are running everything? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I am an, more American, American than you in that regard. Yeah, you are really the unwitting uh, thrall of these. Uh, ugly as we prove with Adelson, <laughs> fucking ugly motherfuckers who are just disgusting and bloated or you know nerdy and fucking alien looking they're the lizard people from they live that's what they end the fucking aliens you know the yeah. uh, formaldehyde faces that's who these people are serving whether or not they know it and you've been you know successful a real american unplugs and is like you know what america would be a lot better if uh this shit wasn't the way it worked Oh yeah. You know what? Think about it. Maybe those are the real patriots. God. Yeah, we let the narrative get away from us though as as uh, people who are sane, right? Cuz we just stayed quiet too long. That was really the issue. Um we we stayed inside the cage that uh, acceptable discussion cage that was constructed for us. And, yeah, what uh, was what was that Chomsky quote? Yeah. Yeah, I know I know which one you're talking about. That's good. Yeah. The smart way to keep people passive and obedient is to strictly limit the spectrum of acceptable opinion, but allow very lively debate within that spectrum. And it's a similar thing that's reflected across the military. You're allowed to be a very passionate, moralistic guy as long as it's within a certain cage of like acceptable political opinion. Um, yeah. So and, if it's something I believe with religious fervor, you know, um, it had better be conservative or evangelical Christian or something like that. People will let it slide if you put like, um, you know, John three sixteen on the bottom of your email. If they, if you put down something about from the Book of Revelations is more like it for the military, but how like, yeah. you know, the end is nigh or some shit. Um, you can put that, but you can't put, uh, you know, one of these Umberto Eco quotes about, <laughs> uh, you know, how machismo and weaponry are, are threats to a uh, free society. Like, yeah. I really think this is something like if if you were to if you were to mount like a uh, uh, an anti-fascist or anti-imperialist or really just fucking anti you know right wing fuck include the Democrats in that they're a right wing party as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, like, it, you can throw if you want to mount a campaign against this ideology, point out that people who actually give a shit about freedom and want democracy in this country are socialists those are the people that are actually value freedom and that actually want a country that they can be proud of you know yeah so like they're trying to generate a country that would make them feel nationalistic like the fucking you know uh norwegians do about their awesome <laughs> universal basic income they're pretty nationalistic dude, they, fuck, they're pretty they fucking love their shit dude they love it yeah they fucking love it they nationalize those oil reserves and uh look at that it worked out well for them Dude, I've, um, I've, yeah, the oil reserves. I've noticed a trend specifically with the people who try to deconvert me, um, who know me decently well. They'll uh, they'll always throw shade at other countries, like for Norway, like oh, uh, you know, they they actually really don't like it over there. It's like who the fuck are you talking to? They love it over there. They'll say the yeah. same thing about like yeah. Canadian healthcare. You're like, 
Like, the Canadians, actually, they really don't like their healthcare. What the fuck are you talking about? What Canadians are you talking to? They love their healthcare. Shit could be so much better. And if you yeah, try to, like, the, point out yeah. that it could be better and that there's an actual method to the madness that you can actually improve society some way, they're like, actually, no, you can't. Actually, uh, they don't like it that much. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yeah, uh, the one the UK is kind of an interesting exception just because they're so fucking stuck up about you know their British. Bro, UK is kind fucked. Of like, <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. So they're they're they kind of represent. They're farther down that capitalist death spiral than we are because they started it. <laughs> and uh, the uh, the things they're saying, it's like um, they'll try to like play it down in that British fashion where they're like. You know, it's like, yeah, like the NHS is like a you know really respectable program, you know, says the American to the Brit. Um, it's like we really want to emulate that. It's, it's been a beacon of hope in our world. And they're like, oh, well, you know, it's it's fraught with problems, I tell you, you know, dear boy. And it's like, is it is it is it a single payer healthcare system? I mean, it, it certainly will be when Boris Johnson is done selling it off to the highest bidder as he seeks to privatize yeah. it. Yeah, then you'll be in our fucking boat. But like when an American tells a British person that a, an ambulance ride that you didn't ask for still costs you $7,000. Like, holy fuck, man. Like, $7,000, like, that would take me a long time to pay off right now. And I feel like I'm pretty well established. Imagine if you were, like, actually working class living on, like, Walmart wages or something. And someone, some well-meaning bystander called an ambulance because you were in medical distress. A lot of these, a lot of these conservative guys, these, the, big brain conservatives in the military who feel it necessary to talk to you about it in the office, feel it necessary to like, make sure you're going to yes. vote for Trump, like while you're in the office, these, these are the same people that benefit from all of the, the social welfare, welfare programs that we have developed specifically for the military at the exclusion yeah. of the rest of this society. Like we have universal healthcare. We have guaranteed housing, guaranteed food, we have family benefits, yeah. extra pay for people who have children in order to support those children. That shit's good as hell, yo, and it keeps people in the military for 20-plus years, even if they fucking hate what they're doing on a day-to-day -day yes. basis. And Absolutely. we could provide this to everybody, mm -hmm. um, and we just we choose consciously every single day not to. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, why – Someone who has sacrificed their mental and personal well-being to serve this country, why should they get what I get as a virtue of my service? And I say to you, fuck you. Fuck you, honestly. Everyone deserves this. You shouldn't have had to sell your body in order to achieve these benefits. Those benefits should just be given to us or not even given to us. Like They, they are – they are rights. We can say that they are, there's a right to healthcare, that there's a right to housing. We can say that they are, these are rights just as virtue of living in this society and interacting socially with the people that are around us. So if you think that you need to wall off these rights because you have made some super special sacrifice, fuck you. You don't actually give a shit about the people that you purport to serve on a day-to-day -day basis. Because if you did, you would support these things. Absolutely. Like throw um, like American – like our favorite American quotes, like, uh, of the people, by the people, for the people, right? Like, is it really? Cause it's not, it, that is not the society we have under a neoliberal, uh, system. Like this is a, this is a, of the corporations, by the corporations, for the corporations. That's the way things are owned right now. A government that was for the people would ensure that they were 
well and able in every possible way to achieve a dignified life and to participate in that democracy as citizens that had without having to sell themselves and, to an yes, imperial project who were not trapped economically uh, and realistically and, and physically like that would not yep. be an option. You would have voting rates like you do in the same Scandinavian countries we're talking about, where they have 90% uh, voter participation. 90%. Imagine that. It would just be the 10% cranks that don't. Like, we have like, the people that we have so many votes. We got like 88% approval among all people polled uh, for uh, Medicare for All, right? Which is not by any stretch a radical program. That's something that the whole world over. Um, as if you're westernized or certain, if you're, um, uh, you know, what we would call a free society, you probably have fucking healthcare that is single payer healthcare free at the point of service. And it is not available in the United States because it's the, it's unique among nations with this like weird, like backwards, uh, hyper religious sort of thing. Besides being the richest country in the world is still the most, um, anti-social program. Uh, in the world as well it's crazy it's what, this bizarre thing what was that quote that i saw is like uh we're not really a country we're just like three uh we're like three military industrial companies stacked on top of each other like we don't actually have any yes, of the yeah. social services that would actually make up a functional country um do, yeah, do you like remember i can't remember apart. i can't remember if i made this up in my head, but I could have sworn whenever Sanders and Warden were going through the primary and they were both fighting for tuition-free college, <laughs> I could swear I saw an article in which like actual active duty generals as part of like the Joint Chiefs of Staff or whatever came out against tuition-free college specifically because it because would ruin it would, their recruiting rates. It would fuck. That's, that's the only reason they can get them. Yeah, dude. You're Am totally I making right. that up or no? That actually happened, right? I was just looking I for the article and I can't find it. But dude, um, even the same thing. I found another article. Buttigieg attacks top Democratic rivals on tuition-free college for all. And Buttigieg, as we know, was a veteran. Um, like these motherfuckers realize that if you start providing these rights, it just completely undercuts all of. The, the necessary functions that lead to this imperial capital project, essentially. Like, anyone listening to this, would you have joined the military if it wasn't a guaranteed job that provided health care, housing, and tuition if you serve, like, three years or more and get GI Bill? No, you fucking wouldn't. That would be absolutely insane. You go over to Europe, and you ask them, like, hey, uh, you thinking about joining the military after high school? And they'd be like, why the fuck would I do that? There's Holy nothing shit. that the military it's, it's offers. <laughs> It's, it's real. real. Dude, read it to me. Yeah. I want to hear it. This is, I mean, this is a war on the rocks, which is one of those like pseudo intellectual thing for the, you know, the reflective officer. Oh, okay. um, yeah. War on the rocks. Uh, yeah, which has got a little like, it's got, it's got a little whiskey glass with an AK and some ice cubes in it. It's strange. Uh, the, the, we're just talking about the these guys title, the Brovet pick yesterday the title of this is does free college threaten our all volunteer military question mark and the answer is yes of course it does it it and does and it should so. yes <laughs> yeah. if you can't get people to join your military on the actual arguments alone fuck you and fuck whatever you're trying to do with the military like how hard is that to wrap your head around? Like you're probably not up to good things. If you have to lie, if you have to con them into joining or you have to bribe them into joining because they're going to be, you know, stuck Destitute. in a work, in a work or starve situation the rest of their life. Otherwise, like yeah. 
fuck you. You don't yet. Like, oh my God. Drive me Hot insane. take. You know who didn't need uh, to lie to the people they were trying to recruit? <clears throat> Soviet Russia in 1917. What up? Hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> they had an actual project that they were moving towards. You know, they were trying to defend a burgeoning society that they thought was worth defending. Um, these dog, <laughs> if, you're, if you're a veteran, yeah. listen you- to this, and you think you are defending American society, ask yourself, what are you actually defending? What have you achieved by your service? Um, What have we done in Iraq or Afghanistan that actually leads to material benefit to the average American citizen? Nothing. Yeah, man. You know that to be true. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to get out and you're going to see like, wow, okay. So I defended everyone's right to eat more cheeseburgers and uh, (laughs) for the guy that owns the cheeseburger company to get way richer. That's pretty much about the size of it, right? Like, God, it's just, you know, (laughs) it's too much. It's too much. I can't even... Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose we've gone long enough now, but we uh, could probably wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to wrap it up. Um, so what, what, I mean, you want to recap, like what we talked about, we talked about some weird ass news articles, talked about how the military is, is increasingly being realized to have been increasingly present at the Capitol riots. Yeah. Talked about, um, we talked about the the definition of fascism and how that plays into the structure of our society, how fascism serves kind of at the, the behest of global capital um, and the it's role the that the military, system. it's the perfect system and the role that the military, the people of the military have in potentially being a tool for fascism. And if you're not aware of at least the definition or at least uh, the historical precedent for a lot of this, then you fall, you fall risk to participating in that specifically when it comes to, People like Donald Trump, who would love to deploy active duty soldiers on American soil. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, especially as well, just how the trend of conservatism in the military does lend itself to some of those similar traits as, you know, the people who go storm the Capitol to install a fascist. So, yeah, yeah. So I think that's a good way to sum up. Like the the difference here is like Mike Pence, you know, who like thinks he can... Uh, pray the gay away or whatever like that's not necessarily fascism right that's just being a fucking conservative religious weirdo like that's what that is you know so calling that guy fascist just because it sounds good not technically correct you know like save that word save that dirty word for what it actually is uh and describe uh, trump's attempt to deploy troops on american soil uh that would be fascist um and freaking henry ford trying to you know, lead this insurrection against the American government and install MacArthur as some, you know, glorious fascist leader. That was fascist. Um, yeah. Look like, up your boys, mistake. Smedley Butler, yeah. um, conscientious Dude, objector gang, rise up, fists in the air, all power to you. Yeah. Uh, we'll start putting out some, some actual like articles and some, some resources you can use if you find yourself in that situation, whether you're a CEO or, or you want to, disobey a an order an order that you believe to be unlawful or unwarranted. i think it would be yeah, useful man. for We'd us love to actually talk about some of that yeah. stuff yeah um if you're someone who has concerns about your chain of command or concerns about kind of just like the way society is progressing about the way that the military is progressing we'd love to talk to you hit us up we yeah, are at yeah, that'd be great. yeah let's, let's uh we can lead this into a little bit of housekeeping 
if you want to throw shade at us, you can email us at pillowscreampod at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, if you're cool, you can email us at pillowscreamradio at protonmail.com. We'd love to have you on if you want to talk sincerely about some of this stuff. Alternatively, we are considering putting up some monetization methods. I don't like. I don't know. We've thought about it a little bit. We'll probably think about it a little bit more. Uh, there's some technical hurdles that we have to get over first, which is basically we have to unfuck ourselves, get our fists out of our ass, and actually do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we need to make sure uh, people hear this at all, ever. Yeah, we'll uh, yeah, if, we'll have to, you know, make sure we actually have one person who listens to this who would consider buying us a beer every once in a while, uh, and we'll start we'll start getting some of that stuff out. So keep a heads up for it. Maybe we'll get a Twitter eventually. I don't know. We'll think about that one. But yeah, that's all I've got, Moon Dog. Yeah. Um. Last last note. If anyone can explain to me why. I can pee without pooping, but I can't poop without peeing. I would love to know. I've always wondered that. I live alone, so these are the things that I think about. Outro music. <laughs> <laughs>